Hi, everyone. Welcome to High Octane Real Estate Podcast with Pam Orzan. And today, our title is Pour Some Sugar on Your Finances When You're Ready to Buy Some Real Estate. So today, I'm talking with David Sham of Sham Wealth Management, and he is going to talk about how to financially prepare for either you're a first-time home buyer or you want to buy an investment property, or you want to buy a second home, a retirement home, whatever it may be. So he's here. Hi, David. Hi, Pam. Nice to be invited to your wonderful podcast. Glad to have you here. So tell us, David actually just started his own firm. Yes. So we're brand new. He's not brand new in the business, obviously. How many years you got? I've got, this year is 40 years. Whoa, man. Yeah. Decades and decades. And it's not only the number of years, it's the mileage, the type of ups and downs. <laughs> <The> mileage. <laughs> yes. But it's But a you started journey. this new thing. Yeah. You started this new thing on your own. Get out on your own. Yep. Which is great. Yep. Independent. I don't have a firm telling me what I should be doing and how much I should be doing and who I should be using. It's all independent. It's all taking my forty years of experience and Prior to 40 years of experience as a financial advisor, I was a CPA. So Even better. Yeah, I bring uh, certain things to prospects that they might not uh, be used to. A lot of these young advisors got 10 letters after their name or before their name, and uh, but they don't have the actual on-the-job experience. Yeah, I get customers all the time. They ask me like, about their finances, what they should be doing, what they should be doing tax-wise. And I always have to send them to their CPA or send them to their financial planner because that's just not what realtors do. We show you the houses. We, we do that whole transaction. The truth is there's a lot of preparing before you want to buy a house. The average person has to prepare, especially if maybe you have a home to sell or you were going to maybe do a home equity line on your home up north and take some cash and buy something down here. But it's really important to talk to your financial planner about it because you want to make sure that you do everything in the right way and that you're also not going to put yourself in the poorhouse in the end because you thought you were smart to buy a second home. It's important to plan ahead, put money away. If you're making a little bit more than you spend every month, you could put it away into an account. I wouldn't do anything too risky in it, maybe just in a CD or a government bond and let the money accumulate and uh, figure out what percentage you're going to put down on the house. Right. And that's a question I get a lot too. I actually was asked that yesterday. We're trying to decide how much we're going to put down. We definitely want to get a mortgage. It's going to be a second home. They're going to use it for an investment and use it for themselves. So maybe do like a seasonal rental out of it, get a little bit of the monthly not paid, and then they're going to use it as a vacation place as well to visit their kids. But they are going back and forth on how much they're willing to put down as far as cash goes, because then it makes their nut a little bit less, which is great. And if I had to guess, I'd say they're in their 50s. So mm -hmm. that's something to really plan for, especially mm -hmm. if you have kids in college. And also the benefits of making putting the kids on your, if they're, if you're not a Florida resident too, the tax benefits from putting maybe a, one of the kids if they're grown and living here in Florida, on the deed, because then they're, it's a homestead. You can homestead exactly. the property. Exactly. Now with rates making the large move higher, you'd like to finance less than you would ordinarily 
when rates were down at two and a half, three and a half percent. Exactly. You finance as much as you can. Borrowing money at that rate is unbelievable. And it's only now that people who did finance it down there or are trying to get a loan now understand the benefits of securing in as much equity as you can when rates are low. Exactly. But then on the other hand, too, sometimes people, they chose not to pay cash and get a small mortgage because they're making more money with an investment. So it depends on what you're spending, too, right? You're not going to do that if you're spending a little condo for a little condo for $200,000. But if you're spending almost a million or even six upward of $600,000, maybe you have enough cash to buy the whole thing, but you're making money with an investment. It's always good to diversify your assets. You talk about rental property and uh, you talk to people and they say, should you have all your money just in the stock and bond market? And I say, no. You should diversify and have five or six different avenues of income, and rental property is a great way. Yeah. When one market is up, sometimes the other one is down. So this way you're protecting yourself a little bit and and preparing for, we just don't know what's going to happen next year. Exactly. I wish I had the crystal ball. Although rates look like they're going to be up for quite a while. It looks like probably, at least through this year, if I had to guesstimate, I would say probably through this year and then maybe next year come down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, when that happens, it just drives the housing market up high again. So then your prices are high. Yes. But you have to be careful because if you're doing this as an investment and you're trying to figure out how much you're going to spend based on what you have invested in the market, that's something to really determine before you go looking for a house because you have to factor in the sale price of the house what your taxes will be, which clearly, like I just said, if you're not a homestead, if you're not homesteaded in Florida, your taxes are going to be much higher. You have to accommodate for that. Insurance in Florida, that's an issue. And the any condo or HOA fees. And many times people do buy condos because that's the affordable thing. And that's a really great investment property because they're easy to rent. Mm-hmm. But then, hey, if you're making more money in the market, maybe you do something different, spend a little bit less. In 2022 was a very rough year in stocks and bonds. The place clearly to have been was in real estate, whether it's you buying a house or for yourself or just for rental property. And right now, the market really is very volatile. Real estate is a great place to be. Yeah, always. I just think every time the, the you got the stock market goes down, the real estate market goes up and vice versa a lot of times. So that's why it's good to, to be a little bit of both. And you can, it's, it's just like anything too. Like they always say with realtors, you got to, have two two sets of clientele. You got to do a lower price clientele and a higher price clientele because one market is doing really well, the other one isn't. And that's, I think, the case here, which is why we're talking to David today. Okay. So what about like investment properties or a retirement home? You're getting ready to retire. That's something you have to really talk to your financial planner about because when you're getting ready to retire, you have to make sure that whatever you sell can go into something here. Most of the time when people retire, they come here from somewhere else, mm-hmm. and that's a plan. When you're making the decision to possibly get an investment property, I would say that one of the things you want to compare is what can you, what kind of rate can you reasonably get, safely get in the market, and if the rate is much lower than you can get on a rental property with the more stability that the real estate market has than the financial markets, you would probably go in the direction of real estate. And vice versa. There are times where, you know what, like right now it's a little difficult. Rates are really high. So maybe you're doing better somewhere else. And then, but that's also, again, something to plan for, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you're making more in the market, that's where you can bank some money. And then when rates come down a little bit, you can 
delve into some real estate investing mm-hmm. or even who's to say even investing just to use it for yourself. Right. Sitting in cash is not a bad option either. Cash when you're investing is an asset class, just like stocks is an asset class, bonds is an asset class, commodities is an asset class, but so is cash. So in every good portfolio, a good portfolio manager will have a percentage of the portfolio that is for cash, whether it's for income needs or whether it's for a future cash purchase. You always do want to be have a percentage of your portfolio in cash. So nice diversification so that if you do want to buy something or just say, even for some people who have a kid in college down here or whatever it is, they can say maybe this is a good investment instead of just having them rent. Mm-hmm. Or I see that a lot too, where people come down, their kid lives here for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and they buy something so their kid doesn't have to rent and they're gaining the equity in it. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to be diversified so that you have the cash either to do that or be prepared for any issues that might come up too, special assessments and things like that. And there's things, you hear this all the time too, you have to be a little bit fluid because you buy a condo. Right now, we're all talking about these insurance, the 40-year insurance checkups. And with these condos, you're going to have to, if your condo isn't in a great condition, they're going to be special assessing you or your condo fees are going to go up. So that's something also to make sure that you're planning for when you're doing your investments so that you have cash in hand or uh, some sort of way to get the cash easily so that you can pay for some of these things. Yeah. I have a friend, she's telling me they're doing the concrete, the concrete restoration on her condo. And that's, a, yeah, it adds value. She's cool. She understands that it adds value to your condo. But the truth is that's an expensive undertaking. And that's probably one of the biggest special assessments you're going to get when you're in a condo. It's, it could be easily, they're pricing it out now. She was saying it could be 20000 a unit. It could be $30,000 um. a unit. And that's a lot of money. So the average person doesn't just sit on $30,000, right? So you have to plan and make sure that you can. Not everybody can qualify for a home equity line of credit either to pay for it. You have to talk to your financial planner about things like that. When you're reviewing what your finances are, if you can cover the mortgage, you always got to look at not only the insurance and the taxes, if there are any already or coming special assessments. For emergencies. Um, for emergencies. Building up a nice cash reserve or having very rich parents is... Don't we uh, all wish? Or yeah, rob a bank. We were right, talking about that earlier. Rob right. a bank. Um, and there are coming federal income tax changes, and not only income tax, but tax changes that are coming in about a year from now, a year and a half from now, that if you're planning on getting gifts from your parents, the if unless Congress changes the 2017 taxes, the exemption is going to come down and the tax rate is going to go higher. So there are certain plans that you have to make right now, even though it sounds like it's going to be a long time from now, but it'll be here before you know it. Hey, we're almost done with this year. It's yeah. crazy, right? It's unbelievable. I know. Yeah. I can't believe I've been in the business 40 years. Right? I can't believe I'm in March, going to be looking at Medicare. I know. it's When I turned 50, I started getting all the stuff from ARP, and right. I, I almost had a heart attack. I'm getting stuff from cemeteries. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I get stuff from cemeteries that I'm going to have to be put into a yeah. cemetery. Yeah. Or have a drink, a good yeah. stiff drink. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I know. know. Time does fly, I right? I freaked out when I got that. I know. <laughs> but at least, hey, we're here in sunny Florida, so, yeah. you know, our lives are a little bit nicer, Yes, I feel like. No, it's a great life. Right. You it's can't really get much home. better than it. No, so. this is just uh, the dream. 
Exactly. So, so David, tell us where you're from. So I grew up in Yonkers, New York. Um, it's on the other side of the train tracks. It's not Long Island, where a lot of New Yorkers are from, but grew up with great values, great family, great schools, did everything, thought I had everything in the world until I went to school in Tampa and I had a roommate from Long Island. And then I realized I didn't have anything. <laughs> uh, he had the brand new Camaro uh -huh. and his mother came to our room and she decorated the whole place, all matching brown and brown sheets and brown curtains and brown noisemaker. And I had purple pillows and checkered blankets. And anyway, had a great upbringing and went to school in Tampa, got my business degree. After college, I went and I got a CPA and I did that for a couple of years. I was making peanuts and some of my roommates from college that were watching General Hospital, when I came home from school and I had, I had 10 books in my hands, I used to say, you're going to be emptying the cans of my, gar my uh, CPA firm when I get rich and famous. Anyway, they all became stockbrokers and I quit my job as a CPA. My mother had a heart attack because of that. And I became a financial advisor and it's been nothing but stress ever since. You found your, yeah, stress, right? But you found your passion in yeah. real estate stress every single day. Yeah. But when it's your passion, it doesn't feel quite so bad. It's like happy torture. Yeah. No, I enjoy helping people. I've had clients for 30 years, 40 years. I've got their children, their grandchildren, their trusts, their IRAs. You had a famous person. Yes, I did. I had a famous person and her husband. Unfortunately, she died and her husband died, but I have their children. Should I mention her name? I, th I don't see why not. I've been Olympia Dukakis's financial advisor for a very long time. And for those of you who don't know, she was in Steel Moonstruck. Magnolias. Moonstruck. And Steel Magnolias. I cry every time I see it. Yeah. But she was mainly a stage actor, as much as you might know her from the movies, the big screen movies. She was really a stage actor. Her and her husband, Louis Zorich. Anyway, I miss them. I have their children. And I actually have their children's children. It's a great career if you're looking to establish long-term relationships. And I became a part of their family. I used to go to her house and walk in. The door would be open. I'd open her refrigerator and make a sandwich. And I got a picture of me and a video of me holding her Oscar. Cool. I walked in her house one day and she said, have you ever seen my Oscar? I said, no. And I had my video camera. In those days, it wasn't a, a phone. It was right. an actual camera. Like a big camera. So I said, I set the camera up and I said, when I say go, push this button. So she's looking at me like, what am I talking about? But she pushed the button and then I started giving my acceptance speech for the Oscar, <laughs> thanking everybody. I didn't know they gave Oscars for financial planning. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. what. The, yeah, you know what? I wonder if they have any uh, awards for that. I don't know. Realtors, we love to give ourselves awards. Right, Although exactly. I think the actors do that kind of shit too. Yeah. But we do that. We like to give you, we do, we make up shit like tiers of things. Right. Where, million dollar club. Right, exactly. And I think in especially in this day and age and in this area who's not in the million if you're not in the million dollar club, then right. you should not be a realtor anymore. We but we make up stuff. Yeah, we're too regulated. Yeah, we, you can't we, really No, if we make something up we get fined for Can it. you be like Mr. Congeniality or something like that or I guess so. I'd love to be that. 
I try to do you're that. You're pretty congenial. I am. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think so. Thank you. I think you are too. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, I think you've uh, got a wonderful personality. Yeah. And, <laughs> Until and, you get on my wrong side. And, it, and you don't exactly, leave me a five-star review. Exactly. Right. But I do want to give Pam a, I guess you call it credit. She is one of the hardest working, most knowledgeable realtors that I've ever experienced. She lives and breathes real estate. Thank you, uh, David. No, you really are. I do live yeah. and breathe it. Yeah, I sadly. <laughs> no, you have to, you know what? If That's you why I drink. If you don't know your career intimately, you're not going to be successful at it. You obviously know your career and have obviously successful. Yeah, actually, you had tagged me in that post. Do you remember the post from a few days ago? Somebody was asking about I the safe neighborhood, that. right? You know, I didn't see it said safe neighborhood. But even though David tagged me, it was lovely because he thought of me as the real estate person to ask. Person so my response was, yeah, exactly. I couldn't believe this it. This one lady could but, not understand the fair housing laws and called me woke, which anybody that really is, that knows me, and I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast know, I am so fucking not woke. I'm the opposite of woke. But nonetheless, I still do follow the laws. Not losing my license over telling you if it's a safe neighborhood or not. You got a lot of people on your side that, I did. that went into that post. That oh. woman got killed. I have to tell yeah, you, she, she got killed because yeah. everybody came to my rescue. I was trying to be as polite as possible. Truthfully, I didn't really want to be that polite to her because she was being rude. Right. But I tried. and uh, I don't even understand how, how that's considered woke. Woke is something completely different. Yeah, it's funny because I thought that's not even what woke is. Exactly. Woke is saying we're going to turn. Climate. Or, 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 or Snow White now has to be Snow Black. Right. That's a woke comment. Right. But then, right. yeah, so my friends were laughing. They thought that was funny because right. to know me is to know I'm the opposite of that. But exactly. And You're almost and never politically correct. You're a big rock and I am. Def Leppard. Yeah. You. That's your theme today is pour some sugar on your finances. You got a Def Leppard song. Do you know that song? No. Oh, it's like one of my faves. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. After this, we're going to hear it. We're going to hear it okay. after this. Me and David, we're going to rock out to pour some sugar on me. Oh, I don't know it. Yeah, it's a good one. I have a story about that song. Oh, go. On my wedding day, that was the song that I chose to be the song that I cut the cake with. Oh, pour I some it. sugar on me because I was like, unbelievable. oh my God, that is so cute. It was so cute until the groom decided to smoke pot and stand outside <laughs> of. Do the, we know the groom? We know yes, the groom. We know the groom. So the groom decided to stay outside with his buddies and smoke pot while I stood there with the knife by the cake and they had to play the song on repeat like three <laughs> or four times. Oh and my God. It was a nightmare. Mayor. Oh, I got Anyway, it. that's my story about that. I would have been rocking out while waiting for you to cut the I cake. I was so mad. That's better have been a good cake. I'm like, what where's the groom? And I'm running around with a knife. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Can you play that's the song That's like the now? opposite of pour some sugar on me, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Let pour me see if we can get some, a little pour me. some sugar on me here. Let's see. David, you've heard this song. song. It's you like have. an iconic uh, Def Leppard song. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to hear it, but I don't know the title of it. And I'm, I'm a true rock here. and roll person, but I'm the 70s rock and roll. You got to know Pour Some Sugar on Me. Yeah, I never knew the name of it. Yeah, that's the theme of your podcast today is Pour Some Sugar on Your Finances so you can buy a house from me. That's right. Let David pour some sugar on your finances so that you can buy a house from me. Okay. You like it? I'm working on it. Okay. All right, people, on... are we ready for some headbanger housing? All right, David, you ready? I guess so. I okay. don't know what to expect. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. Which one of these three things would you want in your home? Number one, and Janine's going to answer too, 
a roller coaster from the roof all the way through the house and out the garage. Number two, every single wall would be an aquarium. And number three, a moat around your home filled with sharks for extra security. Those are three strange requests. I know. But let me start with the roller coaster. The roller coaster would be good for me because that would eliminate having to put an extra bathroom in there because I'd be shitting in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and he just takes you right out the garage. Exactly. You could like shit outside. Right. <laughs> Maybe you might need to build an outhouse so that it goes all the way out and then you just land right in the outhouse, right? Exactly. That's uh, brilliant. I just want to add that in. What is? To roller coaster all the way out into the yeah. To basically use a roller coaster as like a sewage system. <laughs> That is a great idea. Yeah, but you got to be careful that you're not like using it. You're not like shitting while you're going through the roller coaster. Especially for the next person that's going to go. That's the only thing. You'd have to have like your designated roller coaster. You'd have to have a bunch of them. So, oh, true. So I like the other two a lot. I like the aquarium all around your house. I love fish. It, it would also, it wouldn't be as much as a deterrent as the sharks would be, but the sharks are very appealing to me, too, because I don't like when neighbors stop over. I'm a very private person. If someone knocks on the door, I never answer. I like to leave old newspapers outside my house for a week. People will think so I'm So they think you're gone? Yeah. It's funny. His answer is my answer, because that's really, I think the moat with the sharks, it just keeps unwanted nuisances away so I can lay and watch TV exactly. and play with my dog. Exactly. I don't need anybody else. But that was a good question. Now, what about Janine? Janine. I honestly have to say I agree with the two of you. That would definitely be my choice. Because at first I was thinking about the aquarium, but then I thought, you know what? The effing maintenance alone is a full-time job. And if you're, it, it, it would be too much. So I'll take my chances. I'll put a fence up so that my dogs can't jump in the moat. Yeah, she's concerned that the dogs are going to jump in. And what was the other concern you mentioned oh, to me earlier? Oh, if I were drunk and disorderly on my property uh, and I fell in, then I'd die. Which it's right? not like that would be a rare chance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it could totally happen. But if I built a wall around my property and had the moat, then I'd be okay. Yeah. No, I think that's a great addition to any house. I agree. Because my thing is also, I hate roller coasters because I'm a chicken. But I, and I'm afraid of fish. I love aquariums, but I am afraid of fish. So if a fish were to touch me or anything like that, I get freaked out, which is funny because I love the ocean, but I can't, a fish cannot touch me. And I, for some reason, I'm fascinated with sharks. And I just think that they would be really good protection. The only thing is it could be expensive keeping them fed. And the other downside is during shark week, you would attract a whole bunch of people where you would. Not want but that. they wouldn't be able to cross. So they wouldn't be able to come knocking on my door. Exactly. And you get too close, you fall in. Oh, you got too close. There's a few neighbors I could say, yes. don't get too close. Yeah, absolutely. The real estate agent that, that isn't a fan of walk-ins. <laughs> Good question. All right. I think we got it covered today. Thank you, David, for coming on. I thank hope you, you thought so. it was fun. It really was. That it was great. Right? It, thank you Everybody so comes in really nervous and everyone leaves like, that was fun. It really was a lot of we fun. We popped your here. podcast cherry. We yeah, did. Yeah, exactly. We did. Exactly. And it's always fun coming in here to Pixelworks, too. It's No, this is a great place. Yeah, you chit-chat. There's art everywhere. I don't know. It's just fun. It's a wonderful place. You could bring your doggy. Dogs everywhere. Uh, yeah, you got to so be a friendly. dog lover. You cannot. You have to be a dog lover. Right, right. We only like dog lovers right. anyway. If you don't like exactly. dogs, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Amen. I don't trust a non-dog lover. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
All right, you guys, don't forget to follow, share, and leave me a five-star review or I'm going to hunt you down. So see you guys next time. Bye.